0: G'day everyone, and welcome to Glory Prophetic School, night three of Whoa, the twenty twenty two year. Yes. My name is Nick,
1: and I'm Sheree.
0: Welcome back, Sheree. Thank you. We I missed, missed you last people. week.
1: I missed you guys too, but well, I'm glad to be back. Well,
0: it's a, you're a pleasure <laughs> to be around. <laughs> pleasure to have you back. So, what's coming up tonight?
1: Well, Nick, fancy you asked that. Tonight we have Pastor James Grahams. He's taking, Graham, my apologies. He's taking us through a session called How to Hear the Voice of God. Yeah. Come Can on. you tell me anything further about Pastor James?
0: Pastor James is a personal favourite of mine. He has led, I've been in a couple of sessions with him um, at the academy and um, also at church. Where he's led us in uh some really powerful, unique encounters with the Lord. Um I don't know what he does, but there is something on his life. Um he's a man that's full of hunger for the Lord. He um carries a fatherly anointing as well and he has um has background in business as well, so he is definitely one that I could learn a lot from and I'm keen to hear from Pastor James tonight, so
1: Sounds yep. like we're in for a treat then.
0: <laughs> yep. I would stick around if I was you and I will.
1: So will I. <laughs> <laughs> come on. That's awesome. So,
0: what is also happening tonight is our standard weekly Q&A session. So, if you have any questions that uh, might come up through the night, they don't get answered um, by the end of the teaching, please drop them in the chat and we will endeavor to get them answered for you.
1: Excellent. I love it. Same. So, So good. And yeah, like we just mentioned, we'll also, Nick and I will be on the chat throughout the evening. So please feel free to engage with us, engage with each other like I've seen you've been doing already, doing prophetic words and praying for people. It's really amazing and actually really encouraging to see the online community just be involved and Being engage with the yeah exactly it's awesome
0: yeah it's cool like i'm sure there's people from all different walks of life but we're coming together to seek the lord and hear from him about the prophetic and i think it's yeah the lord is a a, a unifying factor in yeah. this and um it's really cool to be a part of i love really it cool to see so we just want to pray for you um before we uh before we turn you over to the main auditorium so Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, we just uh, re-release clarity, Father, and, and courage, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the activation that's coming tonight. And I thank you, thank you for our lives. that it, it's, a, it's courageous to be a Christian, Father. But I thank you, Lord, that um, you're not a wimpy God. And I thank you, Lord, you have a lot to say about the current times that we live in, Father. And thank you, Lord, for, you, for equipping us tonight and for, for us just going deeper into your heart for each of us and for the people around us. Lord, we love you. And we just bless every single person that's joining us online tonight and those that are joining us in the building. And um, we want more of you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we will see you after we'll the activation. See you, see. So we're not going to run the activation tonight. Little cheeky plug. But we will be back later on. Definitely. So look forward to seeing you then. Love you guys.
2: Welcome, everybody. Good. Okay. Welcome, everybody. How are we? Good. Okay, so I'm just filling in for Sarah tonight. She sends her apologies, but she'll be back next week. Um, She just wanted to remind you that we have to um, have 100% attendance to complete the course um, and to get your certificate at the end. Um, All right, so we have the privilege of having Pastor James teaching us tonight. Yeah, so I just love the way, yes, he just carries the Holy Spirit and just ministers in a way I feel like is really fresh um, and just brings a different aspect of, of how Holy Spirit ministers. So if we can just welcome him tonight.
3: Thank you, Sarah. Hi, everybody. How are we all doing? Cool, cool bananas. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Good. All righty. Well, tonight, what I'm going to talk to you about is is the side of prophecy that relates to your building of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, not the uh, biblical foundations necessarily of prophecy, not the process of prophecy, but how your relationship with the Holy Spirit Impacts your effectiveness as a prophet and um, actually how that spills into just a more blessed life, actually. So prophecy can become a tool for communication with the Holy Spirit and, and that, the ramifications of that permeate throughout your whole life. And uh, then we're going to um, practice a prophecy in a nice, safe way. And um, to do that, what I'm going to ask you to do, whether you're in the room or if you're online, um, I'm going to ask you to come up with a prophecy for someone you don't really know very well. Someone that you kind of would recognize their face and their name, perhaps you know them from work, from school, from church, but you don't really, you don't have an understanding of their life, let's say that, because what I'm going to do in this exercise is I want you to... Uh, construct an imaginary prophecy for this person or sorry uh, uh, that one that you're not going to deliver if you like and this is just a way of practicing taking someone's name and their face going in front of the Lord and saying could you give me a prophetic word for this person nice and safe because you're not going to speak that word to that person Um, and yet you can really dive into it if you like in terms of uh, where the Holy Ghost can take you and what you can understand to be happening at the time. How does that sound? So I'm um, just giving you a little warning so that when we do activate this, and for people online as well, uh, you'll have someone in mind. So just someone you don't know well enough that your understanding of their circumstance, or oh, they need a job, I should ask the Lord for a word about their job, or oh, they've got this, I don't want any of that, okay? We don't want anything relating to the person, so it's like a fresh person. And then I'll, and I'll explain why this is a really good um, habit to get into because you can practice prophecy without ever delivering prophecy. Yeah? When you're on the bus, you can look at somebody and say, Lord, if you were speaking directly to, to that dude there at the, at the back, what would you say to him? How, how would you tell him that you love him? What, what would you, how would you give him some hope? you know he's not looking at that flash right now how would you how would you bolster how would what would you say holy ghost to him and then just listen oh what else would you say and just listen what would that look like do you see what i'm saying and then nice safe environment he'll get off the bus she'll get off the bus whoever the person is you'll get off the bus hopefully you'll never meet again <laughs> but you'll have exercised a prophetic insight, if you like, on a person in a very safe and easy way. So that's how I like to practice, or that's one of the ways I like to practice um, doing prophecies. And it's really valuable. Because it builds your, for want of a better term, your connectivity with the Holy Spirit. You know, if we only um, saw our relationship with the Holy Spirit the way we see our relationship with anybody else that we love in our lives. You have to communicate. You've got to put in the time. You've got to do some face time. And by doing that, your relationship improves, right? Now, I've been married for 26 years, 27 years, and, um, and my wife doesn't really need to say very much at all sometimes I can just tell by the sound of her footsteps what's going on in the household. And that's because we have spent so much time together. She doesn't need to say to me, you haven't folded those towels. She'll just sit there and then look at them and then I'll know, right? How do I know? I get the sense because I've done the time with her and she's the same with me. And that's what we want to build with the Holy Spirit. It's very, very possible to have such an intrinsic relationship with the Holy Spirit that the two of you are walking, dancing, talking in absolute rhythm. Yeah? Woo! So thank you, Holy Spirit. because I was saying on the way in, I was saying how excited I was to be working with him tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, I always get excited when I'm working with the Holy Spirit. Is that you, Bonnie? Hello, Bonnie. I didn't know you were coming. It's my friend, Bonnie. Okay, so let's pray, yeah? Let's just close our eyes for five seconds. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being in this place. I thank you that you're going to um, speak words of life through me that you're going to cause revelation, joy, and knowledge in this place, that you're going to touch people wherever they are, whether they're online or in this room. At the end of this evening, Lord God, I believe you are going to suddenly impact everybody who has ears to hear and eyes to see the power of your love and the ease of the gifts of prophecy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 14. And verse 1, I'm going to actually read it from the um, New Living Translation. It says, Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives you, especially the ability to prophesy. Did you get that? Let love be your highest goal, then prophecy. It's the love connection with the Holy Spirit that births, uh, sorry, not births, but develops your ability to prophesy effectively and powerfully um, in in your life, yeah? It's such a good scripture, it's good to know. Do you see God put love first and information second? You see, a lot of times people think that prophecy is about accurate information And accurate information does definitely help. But the key to real prophecy is transferring the love of God from you, from Him, through you, and to the person you are speaking to. It doesn't matter if you are absolutely accurate if the person feels terrible after you've given a prophetic word. That's completely contrary to what the love of God is about, right? So um, sometimes prophecy is a transfer of love, first and foremost, with a little touch of information so that the person knows, yeah, that was God. But they should feel that it's God, you know? They should feel it. The meeting place is the heart. In prophecy, you go into the heart of the Father, you interpret what you hear through your heart, you use your head a little bit, but it's the heart that transfers the love of God. And that's why, behold, love is your greatest goal. All right. So, you then and the Holy Ghost are responsible for your prophetic gifting or the development thereof. It's like a little project. It's like so many times in the Bible, the Lord says to someone, do this. but Don't worry, I'm going to be with you all the way. Noah and the ark is a good example. But there's lots and lots of examples. And learning to prophesy is exactly the same. He says, do this, because it says, you know, above all else, I pray that you would prophesy. Yeah? In the scripture. So he's saying do it, but he's also saying don't worry, I'm with you the whole way. Because this is a relationship building mechanism. The gifts are not, the gifts in their own right, they don't sit in a vacuum. They are about you and God. Yeah? So... Like any kind of ability in the, in the natural realm, prophecy is something that comes with practice. But you've got to have the right equipment. You've got to have the right environment. It's a little bit like riding a bike. You don't want to learn to ride a bike on a busy motorway, right? That's the wrong environment. You learn to ride a bike at a park or something like that, you know. These sorts of environments, in the physical sense, are good places to learn prophecy. But the other good place, the other good environment to learn prophecy is in here. You can learn to prophesy in these words. As you read scripture, oh, that's a prophecy right there. I just saw that. That's a prophecy. That's a word of knowledge there. You can learn looking at the way that Jesus does it, looking at the way that Paul does things when he prophesies. It's in the book. Yeah? And, of course, when you're reading the book, you are reading Jesus. Alrighty. Those people that have not seen me um, speak before, I am unusual. I make... No bones about it. I'm an unusual person. I'm often affected by the Holy Spirit when I'm speaking. And um, you should not be surprised by that if you've ever seen me speak before. Uh, But I just try and get out of the way and let him do what he wants to do because I find that that is my authentic way. And I believe in authenticity. So, motorway, not a good environment. Okay, so I want to talk like... I'm an analogy guy. I'm, a, I'm an analogy guy, right? I, I love analogies. So, if we're riding a bike, one of our training wheels is intimacy with the Holy Ghost, intimacy with God. That's one of our wheels that keeps our balance. You will have good balance in your prophecy if you maintain a good relationship with God, an intimate relationship. What do I mean by intimate? You share your thoughts with Him. And you listen for His. You, you express yourself honestly, openly, vulnerably, and you receive from Him what He has for you, which is inevitably love and a solution. More often than not, when you speak to the Holy Ghost, He gives you love and a solution. In my case, sometimes he laughs and says, oh, James, come on. What are you talking about? He does laugh at me, but I laugh at him, and that's it's good. It's how we work together. Um, <laughs> and um, so far, it's going well. Yeah, so intimacy. So you get what I'm talking about that, right? So your day-to-day life should be about, do you, do you know, um, when I drove in today, I, don't, I didn't put anything on my passenger seat in my car. Because that's where I say, Holy Ghost, sit there. And then I feel like he's in the car. Have you ever been in the car with someone you know, and you're just chattering away and you're driving away? They could turn green and disappear. You wouldn't know. You just keep talking, right? Because you are so familiar with them being there. You can have that with God. You can have that with the Spirit of the living God. He is sitting right next to you. He will stop you from speeding too. Say A. That says 60. Um, so, you know, like, um, take the opportunity to bring him into your life as much as you can. That intimacy will flow into any ministry form that you might pursue that is as important for worship for prophecy, for preaching, for, for day-to-day life in, in the world. It's really important. And it's easy, because you don't say, hey, Holy Ghost, would you mind sitting in the seat there? He says, I'm sorry, I'm busy dealing with the Ukraine right now. He is there for us. Isn't that incredible? It's absolutely mind-blowing that he's got all the stuff that he's dealing with and sorting out, but he has time for you and I, It's mind-blowing, and he'll sit in my little car on the way in here, and I'll say to him, I'm so excited about tonight. Are you excited about tonight? He'll say, yeah, I'm excited about tonight. What are we going to do? Oh, just you wait and see what we're going to do. I'm going to do so many cool things, you know? I don't always speak to him like that. Sometimes I have to say to him, Lord, I'm lost. I, I don't know what to do. You know, I I'm not talking about a trivial relationship. When when I get hurt, he's the one I go to. And, I, and I'm vulnerable. I, I, I display what's going on for me. Just as I would with my wife. Okay. So you've got intimacy as one of your training wheels. And then the second training wheel is obedience. Obedience. And again, this develops over time the Holy Ghost wants you to learn to trust Him and as you trust Him you display that trust by acting on what He says so I think it's fair to say that, like anything, in God, there's an element of risk. When you open your mouth, when you go to speak to someone, when you say, hey, you know, I I have a prophetic word for you. I have a word from God for you. I'd like to just pray for you, and I, I feel like God's trying to say something to you. However you frame it, there's always an element of risk, right? But most things in God are achieved by faith, and faith without risk is not faith. So... Really early on, when we first started coming to this church, Rochelle and I, which I think was now 17 years ago, um, uh, I hadn't done a lot of prophecy before. But Pastor Catherine started getting me prophesying. And uh, I was very nervous and very unsure about what I was doing. Except I did know that if every, anything that comes out of my mouth has to line up with what's in here. I knew that much. You know, I kind of figured if I'm hearing from God, it shouldn't contradict this. Yeah? Anyway, so I, I'm sitting. We were in a little church in Springwood, little building, sitting at the front, getting really anxious. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I, I got this word. I got this wonderful word about family reconciliation. And it was a really good word. And, and I thought, oh, this is good. Who's it for? And the Holy Ghost went quiet on me. I was like, who, who is this word for? And the pastor Catherine's like, James, would you like to come up? And I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, <laughs> hurry up. Come on. I'll <laughs> pray in tongues for a little bit. <laughs> anyway, the Lord says to me, look for the avocado. That's what he said. Look for the avocado. I'm like, what? And so I'm standing there and I'm starting to shake. And there's this lovely woman. And she has a brown, um, it was cold, skivvy thingy on. And then a kind of a, a olive yellow, yellow uh, cardigan. And then a dark blacky green um, shawl. And... Of course, I didn't say to her, "Hey, avocado." <laughs> you know, we can't prophesy like that. Or well, you could, but you'd only last a minute. Um, but I knew as soon as I saw her, I knew that's what he meant. And so I, I said to her, "Ma'am, I've got a prophetic word for you." And I gave her the word, and it was fantastic. And she broke down in tears. And and uh, it was entirely what she needed to hear, about family reconciliation, it was about um, her mum's will and all sorts of messy things that, that she felt like, because she was the only Christian in the family that she couldn't get through and lost everybody. And, uh, just a horrible thing. Well, ma- many years later, I met her at the Australia Zoo, and she still was talking about it to me. So like she came up, she goes, "You know, and then, and then I, I prayed, and then this person came onto my side and this person and now these people got saved and it it just opened up a whole world for her family and that was just because I had to work with what I had I had to be obedient I couldn't say don't be stupid Lord avocado what are you talking about these people aren't avocados what am I most asked who's an avocado grower in here no but he knew but are you guys ever growers? Oh, well, there you go. No wonder you were laughing right from the beginning. You guys got it really early when I said about the brown skivvy. You knew where I was going. That's the first time that's ever happened. But do you see, do you see that? What happened there? He gave me information, but he said to me, what he was doing was, James, do you trust me? Will you open up your mouth on a crazy whim uh, on a crazy idea, is that what he meant that that woman is dressed like an avocado oh she 's a lovely woman, and you know i um, 've shared this so many times one day she 's going to come to one of these groups, and i 'm going to be in real trouble but anyway <laughs> I park close to the exit um, <laughs> uh, yeah so so there is an element of risk, but obedience is about obedience is about what Doing, acting first and asking second. So the Holy Ghost will say something, it will come out of my mouth. What I've learnt to do though is use my head about how I express what's coming out of my mouth. Because remember, what is it that I'm trying to reflect? The love of God. So I can't necessarily say what immediately comes into my head because that's just an image and it would not, trans- if, I, if I had said um, avocado, that that's an accurate reflection of what the Holy Ghost said to me. But a very poor representation of the love of God. Yeah? So you get my point there? Um, I'll give you a few more examples later on. So um, obedience or what I call split second obedience. Don't think about it. All you've got to do is get the information and then get out of the way and let the Holy Ghost do his job. So you don't think, oh, um, well, I don't know much about that person. Is this accurate? You know, is this, you know, did I hear right, you know? No, you just start speaking. You start speaking in a way that reflects the love of God. That's so critical. We're going to talk a little bit more, more about that um, later on. So you've got on one side, you've got intimacy. And that's you. That's up to you. That only, not only has ramifications for your prophecy, but every element of your life. And the second thing you've got is your obedience. If God said to me to do it, would I do it? Having said that, if you fail to do something that the Holy Ghost asks you to do, don't sweat. He's not waiting behind a curtain For you to make a mistake. He's not waiting there ready to jump out and go, Ha! I knew you were useless. He's not doing that. He just loves you. He's just going to be so, so encouraging to you if you don't take the first opportunity, if you don't take the second opportunity, but if you just keep going, He'll love you through it until you learn to trust Him. See, some people... They fall in love with God like this. They trust God like this. They start prophesying like this. And others, we take time. And that's okay, because that's how we were built. So don't give yourself a hard time if it doesn't come out right. If it doesn't uh, flow. If you don't sound like you should have your own ministry of prophecy. Don't worry about that. Just take little steps. You're still with your trainer wheels. Don't worry about it. Those people that have kicked your trainer wheels off and you're flying down the road, you know, some of this might just be a good way of coming back to the basics. The love of God. Okay, so how's that sound? Everybody happy with that? Good, good, good. I am actually going to demonstrate a prophecy. I might even do more than one um, because I. I want to give you an understanding. Well, I'm a very practical guy, and if you hadn't worked out all night, I'm, I'm quirky and funny, and I, that's how I like to do things because I think that's what sticks in people's brains. Um, we all have seen the interpreters alongside an- Anastasia Palaszczuk or whomever else, Dan- da- Daniel Andrews, you know, and they do a beautiful job. I particularly like the guy with the ponytail and the beard. He's brilliant. I love him. And and uh, you know, as they're talking. Now, be it we've had lots of disasters, even recently, and it's been about that, and typically those are the kinds of situations that they're in. Those interpreters are listening to her and interpreting for another person who can't hear. And in prophecy, that's not unlike what we're doing. It's a three-way conversation. We're hearing from God, and then we're interpreting it for someone to explain. Understand, yeah? So this is a good little analogy to have in your mind about how this works. If Anastasia Palaszczuk was talking about a disaster, but the sign-reading guy had a whopping great smile on his face and looked like he was happy, would that be... Congruent. Would that be consistent? No. If you watch him, he reflects not only the words, but the mood and the tone of of the person he's interpreting from. And that's critical. When you give a prophetic word, you are translating not just the words, but the tone and the mood of God. Yes? So you're tone and your mood should convey love because God is love yep all right so uh, three-way conversation hmm, yes all right Sarah could you come up the front for me what I'm going to do is I'm going to give an, uh, a prophetic word for Sarah and um, and I'm going to stop as I go through, and I'm just going to talk to you about what's happening in my head and in my heart. Um, as we go through that, I'm going to step through. Is that okay? So the first thing that I will do, yeah, and that might be a good idea too. Um, so the first thing that I'm going to do is that I make sure, and we're going to do this side by side, but normally, you know, in a, our church setting anyway, you wouldn't necessarily see Sarah's face. She'd be facing me and I'd be facing her. I make sure that I make eye contact with her very early on because, excuse me, because I am wanting to start feeling the love of God on her behalf because I'm wanting to transfer that as I speak. So the words are coming from my head and the love is coming from my heart. Does that make sense? The heart is the meeting place. The heart's the meeting place. It's the driver. Because God is love. God's not thought. The Buddhists say that Buddha was thought. God is love. So God doesn't come from here. He comes from here. This is where we meet him. Every single thing that you do in God stems from here. So, my first part of my prophetic word was that I saw the river of Brisbane. Okay, so there you go. First thing I saw was an, uh, an, uh, an image of the Brisbane River. And I know it was the Brisbane River because of uh, the color and the go-between bridge and a few other, you know, iconic things that are, hit, that are instantly in my picture. And, and, uh, and the Holy Ghost knows that if he shows me that picture, I know it's the Brisbane River. I don't live way up the river, so there's no point him showing me a different part of the river that I've never been to. Because I won't recognize it. So automatically and immediately, the imagery that God shows me is personal to me. You understand? There would be no point him showing me something that I could not understand. When you prophesy over people, you will get a simple object sometimes. The important thing is to say to yourself, what does that mean to me? What does that look like to me? Not, what does it look like to Sarah? doesn't matter what it means to Sarah because because I'm actually interpreting this. Do you see what I'm saying? So I was in the military for many years. Sometimes the Holy Ghost shows me symbols that I know what they mean. They wouldn't mean anything to you. But I know that what they mean. For example, there is a yellow flag with a black dot. And in, um, in semaphore language, or not semaphore, but uh, flag language, that is I, India. If I see that, I know this is relating to India. Do you see what I mean? It's real quick. It's split second. Like, microsecond. But it's enough. And I know what that means. And I go, yep, got it. Do you see what I mean? So that, that imagery is important and, and special to me. It may not mean anything. There would be no point me say, saying to her, you know, I see the Brisbane River and the go-between bridge. I know that the critical part of this is the Brisbane River. And, I, and so I'm seeing a number of footbridges from the north to the south that have had gates closed on them. And you've wanted to to go across, but the gates have been closed. And you know there's a promise. Now, in doing this kind of staged way, it's very hard for me to get into the flow, but, you're, but we're going to do this as a way of you seeing how my brain's working. So the next thing, having seen the image of closed gates and the Brisbane River, and I know, I get a sense I'm on the north side and I'm moving to the south side. So right now I'm just talking as I'm interpreting my picture. But now let's just say I get to a point now where I don't know what to say next. And I will say, well, what does that mean? And then he'll tell me. It, it means that, that, you know, there have been some... Uh, things that Sarah's wanted to embark on, but the timing hasn't been right, or the circumstance hasn't been right. And maybe the the river is just too strong right now to, for her to cover. Now, he might say that to me, and then I've now got to interpret that, and I'll, I might say it something like this. Um, so, opportunities, you've been able to see them from a distance, like you've got that keen eye, but the timing's not always been right for you. And and so, but what I hear, I can hear, it's not It's not the creaking sound of gates, I, I hear the gates flying back and hitting, you know, they're flying back so suddenly, and it reminds me of that scripture. Okay, so did you see what I did then? So I, I take my closed gates, and I've said to the Lord, what does this mean? And he's opened the gates. Oh, so now I'm starting to get a picture of what he's saying. And then he gives me a scripture. You know, the doors that, that the the Lord will open a door that no man can shut. So I I say to her, you know, but there are doors that are going to open that no man can shut. The Lord has opened them, and it's been for a specific purpose in a specific time. Okay, so do you see how I've bridged that I'm interpreting? Yeah. Now, I know that she knows that there's something special on the other side. It may have, of course, nothing to do with Brisbane, nothing to do with the river, but there's a very high chance that Sarah knows exactly what I'm talking about. So then, I might say, um, the bounty on the other side is actually far greater than you ever expected, and while it might have been difficult to hold back and wait, and sometimes maybe even frustrating that you tried to get through doors and they just kept closing or weren't open for you, but the reality is that the bounty on the other side was being stored up for you, just for you. And the Lord's saying, now it's your... So do you see where I'm going? Yeah. So my problem is I find it hard to stop. So, But what, at one point, I would have said to God, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Could you imagine if An- uh, uh, Anna Palaszczuk just stopped talking? The interpreter's going to stop. And he's, eventually he's going to look at her and go what now? Yeah? And that's what you do with God. But it becomes fluid. It, it, it becomes like a, a, a fluid thing. Um, yeah. And so, so then, so, then when, when I see um, you reaching the other side, and actually it's like you've been lifted by God. So there's very little effort involved Whereas before you had to push through or tried to push through, this will be so effortless for you. I see you literally being picked up and placed on the bank. There's going to be, this is what the Lord is also saying to me right now. He's saying no cost. So now I say, you know, it feels like there'll be absolutely no cost to you. You know, whereas before it might have been like out of reach financially or whatever it is, but there'll be no cost to you. Do you see how I'm going? And then... um, uh, and, and the other thing is, okay, that you have bare feet. In this image, I see you having bare feet, and I believe there's a purity and a holiness associated with this. It's like you have been not only set aside, but there's been an element of who you identify as in the Lord that, ha- that is more suitable to the place you're going. Okay? How does that feel? Do you feel actually, how, how do you feel actually? Seen and known, yeah. Seen and known. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Wonderful. So do you see how it goes? Now, it's a three-way conversation, and it's not difficult to do. We do it all the time, actually. Anyone that has kids knows about three-way conversations. Um, all right. So with the stop-start nature of that demonstration, I I, I couldn't really feel a great flow of the Father's love. Uh, But I did sense it in my face. I could feel it moving in my face. And so, you know, there was some kind of a transfer. And as Sarah said, she felt seen and heard. Yeah? And when we feel seen and heard by God, we feel love. So now... Sarah may actually go back to her seat and say, "Well, I, you know, I don't actually know what the bridge thing was about, and I don't really know what that was about. Uh, but I do know God's taking me somewhere, and I do believe that on the other side of where I'm going will be better than I expected, because I know His nature. So, do you see? My information may not have been accurate, but the love." And the, and the character of God that got transferred in that process was very accurate. Now, if Sarah hadn't taped this, in a couple of days, she'll probably forget the words I used. But she won't forget the feeling she had. And that's, and that's critical. Now, don't get it, me wrong. Information is important because it, it verifies that you're hearing from God. But it's not the be-all, end-all. You are going into the Father's heart. Well, we'll talk about this a little bit more shortly. You're bringing back information and love. That's why that scripture says, make love your primary goal and prophesy. Yeah? Make love your primary goal and worship. Make love your primary goal and serve. Make love your primary goal and preach. Make love your primary goal and pray. It's a catch-all. It's beautiful. Sounds simple. Very powerful. How are we going? Everyone happy? woo Good. You're happy too. Good. All right. <clears throat> okay, so let's, let's talk about what happens in the spirit realm. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of scriptures just to make sure that um, you're getting what I'm saying. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 10. I'm um, reading out of, um, what is this? The New King James. All right, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. For our glory. For our glory. Hmm, Interesting. Okay, we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. That's, That's why we're doing this kind of uncovering, revealing conversation process. Because as we dare to dig deeper into a prophecy, it's for our glory. Glory comes upon us. Glory is the presence and the power of God. Glory is the presence and the power of God. As we dig more into prophecy. Do you see what I'm saying? So if I had kept prophesying over Sarah and had been able to just go with it and run with it, I would start feeling the presence of God within me. And I'm a shaker. I'm a loose wire, like a lot of people are loose wires. The presence of God I start to shake. I know and I can feel the presence of God. In the shaking, there is more information as well. So even in my shaking, I know that that God is telling me something. So for example, if I start to shake and my left hand shakes, I know that that person has a healing ministry. If I start to shake and my right hand shakes, now this is just personal to me, I know that that person has a prophetic ministry. Yeah? These are symbols and signs that the Lord uses with me so that my prophecies are accurate. You build this language yourself with him too. This is what you can do with him as well. It's not just about words. It's also about sensation. Uh, you guys are in for a real treat next week because you've got Meg working with you guys, right? And Meg's, woo, wow. And she does this kind of prophetic, dancey, singy, psh, thing and I love it quite often I feel like I've got to do something with my hands as I'm prophesying now what that means means something to me that means something to me that it won't mean to anyone else but I don't try and hold my hand down and stop the whole I just I just let go and let him do it and I know what that means and it frees something up in me because I'm becoming so available for him to move through Do you see what, so this is about actually being quite vulnerable in a spiritual sense, but it's no problem because we are seated where? In heavenly places. We are seated in heavenly places. So the Holy Ghost does this. Oh, actually, I was reading Scripture, wasn't I? So that was verse 7, and now I'm going to read verse 10. But God has revealed them, and this is the things unknown to man, right? Has revealed them, or the secrets Uh, hidden to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things now God is love where do you think the spirit is searching in God's heart yes the deep things of God where do you think God would keep the deep things in his heart so when we prophesy the Holy Ghost takes us spiritually into the heart of God it's a little hard to get your brain around but this is what happens You're already seated in heavenly places. You're already in the right spot. You're in the right vicinity. But you step out and you say, Lord, I'd like to have a prophetic word for Patrick. He takes me into his heart and gives me what he wants Patrick to know right now. And I come out with two things. I come out with information and I come out with love. That's what I come out with, out of the heart of God. And then when I speak to Patrick, I am giving him information, but I am trying to download as much of that love as I can. Do you see? That's how it works. So that's where you go. The more you trust the Holy Spirit, the deeper you'll go. I will tell you another thing. You cannot prophesy on something that you don't believe yourself. Who's heard of Philip's transportation? Okay, that's where the Holy Ghost or whomever takes someone and physically moves them somewhere else. I can prophesy that because I can believe it. I believe that that happens, so I can prophesy that over someone. I I, I could say to them, you know, you may one day you will just wake up and you will be in your own your own hometown. Yep. Yeah? I can say it because I believe it, but if I don't believe it's possible, I can't prophesy it, can I? So the more you know about the working of the Holy Spirit and what He does through reading Scripture, hold on a minute, how did you do that? How did you do that? Can you explain that to me? Oh, okay. Well, I believe that. And then... If that instance or that example is something the Lord wants that person to know, you will very fluidly be able to express it. But if you don't believe that you can preach the gospel to a seagull, then you can't say, Patrick, I see you at the beach, seagulls all around you, and you're sharing the word of God, just like Francis of Assisi did. Now, if you don't believe that's possible, then you cannot prophesy it. Do you get what I'm saying? The more you know of how God does things, the more you'll be able to interpret, the better you'll be able to be effective. Oh, I nearly went to take a drink from that. (laughs) That would have been a miracle. All right. So we're doing well, I think. We speak the mysteries of wisdom of God in a mystery. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's, the, it's the glory of the Lord to hide a matter, and it's the glory of kings to, un, uh, to unveil it. There's glory involved. For those that don't really have a good grounding in glory, glory is basically the presence and the power of God on you, on earth. And it's like sticking your finger into a light socket. All right, so um, I think I've talked a little bit about, yeah, so I've covered about symbolism and sensation. I have a symbolic language with the Holy Ghost. It it circumvents a lot of palaver, but that's taken me years. Well, actually, it's taken him years (laughs) to work, get through my skull, and uh, also um, sensation as well. Sometimes I sense some sensations. That is how I see the angelic realm as well. I don't generally see them; I feel them. But that's just me personally, okay? And we won't get into all that stuff. But, but, excuse me. Suffice it to say, it's not just about words. Be aware. If I was sitting on the couch, which I occasionally do, and my wife walked up behind me and put her hand on my shoulder, I would probably know what that means. If I was only looking for words, I would fail to understand what just happened. Yeah? So be aware of what it feels like as you're prophesying. Yeah? Start to build this whole body language, a whole body language a whole being language for it's no longer I that live but Christ who lives in me Jesus knew exactly what to do he only did what the father showed him to do how he felt it all in him we live and move and have our being you work on your prophecy You work on your intimacy with Christ. You work on your uh, transformation from glory to glory. Does that make sense? That's cool. Do you see how this would apply to just about anything in God apart from other than prophecy? These, These structures that I'm showing you, this scaffolding, could be applied to any kind of gifting, any kind of ministry, any kind of business, actually. Because no, now that you're saved, to use that antiquated term, now that you're a believer, everything you do has a spiritual component, whether you realize it or not. Everything you do. So you can ignore that, Or you can work with that. Cool. Right, we're going to do our exercise. Actually, no. What we're going to do first is questions and answers. We're going to do a bit of questioning. So hopefully you've got some questions that have come out of the last couple of weeks. And I will endeavor to answer some questions. And um, Sarah's going to run around with the mic. And there will be also questions coming from online possibly if you're online and watching and you have a question please feel free to answer it
0: I uh, think because it's happened to me as the receiver a few times what happens when God gives you a word but he says don't tell that person that part
3: oh okay so you've received a portion of a word that you is you kept to yourself
0: no no, no I, I've received uh, someone has been prophesying over me yes and they said Uh, November last year, I got this prophecy, but I wasn't allowed to give it to to you until now. Or God has uh, told me this much, or God's told me about
2: my next partner, but He's not allowed to tell me this, this, and this about her.
3: Okay, so, yeah, that's really good, actually. Uh, That's a good question. Um, All right. When people are learning to prophesy, we've got to be gracious with them. You would never just start a prophecy saying, I can tell you some, but not all. Does that sound like God? No. So, God blessed that person, but their delivery was wrong. You didn't need to know that they knew about that in November. In fact, you're probably thinking, I probably could have known, I should have known that in November. It would have made my life a lot easier. A lot of stuff I've been worrying about that I wouldn't have worried about. So, why? did they do that it's likely that they got the word in november and never felt confident enough until now to give it to you but now they're covering their tracks by saying god said i shouldn't say this word yeah so i would uh, i would i would say rubbish to that one i would say the content is probably right but some part of that was used to cover their hesitancy with sharing the word for you in terms of the november part okay um, and the second thing is, I can tell you a little bit about this, but I can't tell you another thing about that. Again, that is just someone attempting to prophesy who has half the picture and does not want to look like they don't know how to get the rest of the picture. So they say, God didn't show me the rest of the picture. God's hiding it from you. Again, I'm th- sorry, whoever your prophecy friend is, but they, they need to come to our, our classes. Yeah? Now, here's the thing. We've got to be gracious with people who are learning Anything in God, right? Because none of us were born to be able to do this. And some are better than others. And sometimes information is good, but put together wrong. So just as an example, for example, here's an example. Let's say, for a, let's say I was talking to someone and I saw a walnut. And I saw the walnut cracked and inside was, you know, the, the nut bit that you eat. I could say, you know, the Lord's saying you're like a nut. You know, it took a lot of bashes to crack you open and expose you. Okay, the information, the, the, the visual is correct and the delivery is wrong, isn't it? If I saw that, I would say, you know, the Lord loves how open you have become. It wasn't necessarily easy for you and it often isn't for other people to be open, you know, but this is where you are now and he is so proud of you. That's what I would say with the walnut, yeah? You don't say, you're like a nut. (laughs) God had to whack you with a hammer to get to you, boy. (laughs) You can't say that. But that might actually be what God had to do. But you don't have any business saying it. So when you prophesy, you must reflect the character of God. So in saying, oh, I got this in November, oh, I can tell you a bit, but I, I, is that the character of God? No. So unfortunately in the delivery, just poor. And that's just learning. That's just, so be gracious to that person. They had a go, but the delivery didn't really cut it. Unfortunately, you can see some of the damage these things do. Okay, next question.
2: Um, I was having a chat with someone about this earlier today. Um, I feel like I'm just sort of... I've got my old plates on in this space. And um, I don't know if it's that I'm just really quick to say the bit that I initially hear. Um, But I seem to... I was wondering if you might have some... um, additional sort of hints or suggestions around moving beyond the initial bit of the word. So what happens for me is I deliver the word and then, like if, it's, if there's a small group and others are then putting words in, then I feel like, oh, there's, some, there's more, like I get the interpretation a bit later mm. and I want to add a PS. Afterwards, afterwards? Yeah,
3: okay, so so what you're saying is you get a bit and you speak the bit, but then there's a big gap of time before you actually know what that bit was about.
2: Before the next, um, sort of before, yes, and also the next part is sort of opened up. So right. the full understanding of that and then the next, like there's more as well, there's additional information.
3: So when you get that image, do you say to God, well, what does that mean? No. Okay, well, there's your tip. So um, it's, it's, you know, he's not saying, what, you don't, you don't get what that is? You know, like, I've shown you a green box. You don't get that? What's wrong with you? You know, you work it out for yourself. I've got other things to do. He's not like that. If you say to him, Lord, I, I can see a green box. What does it mean? I want to help this person. What, what does it mean? And then you, you just, what does the green box mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, just, and then open your mouth. Okay? And you can say something like this um, using my silly example. Uh, The Lord's showing me a green box. And what I think that means is, and in the time that I've said that sentence, I am saying, okay, we're up, buddy. We're up. What are we saying next? Yeah. What does green mean to you, actually, if you were talking about it? Let's just say, what, 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 if I said to you, green box?
2: Um, maybe, um, well, I instantly went to nature.
3: Nature. Me too. Yeah. And what about box?
2: Um, um, containment. Containment.
3: Yeah. So I might have a step into something like the Lord's shown me a green box and, Can I sense that you're a person who really loves being in nature, but your time schedule and the things that you are involved in, you know, you've kind of been a bit hemmed in. But what I see for you going forward, yeah? So here's an important thing. Sometimes you are giving a word of knowledge where they are right now, as I just did there. But you must move beyond There's no point saying you're like a hard walnut that needs to be cracked all the time God wants to. That might be today, but it's not tomorrow. There's no hope involved in saying to someone, um, you're stuck in a green box and you'll always be stuck in a green box, to use my example. Do you know what I mean? So I'm always looking for the move forward. So this is something that I also do. And again, this is just a movement mechanism for me. When I see something, does that help answer your question? When I see something and I feel myself a little bit stuck, I step a little bit forward. That's telling me, come on, what's the forward thing? Yeah, we can't just stick with the green box. Can't stick with the walnut. What does this mean? This person's looking at me, Lord. Everyone in the church is looking at me right now. What does it mean? What I'm going forward? Do you understand what I mean? I'm even. You know what I'm doing? Sometimes I'll go far as to take a risk of being imbalanced. I'm saying, "Come on, get me, Lord, quickly!" I'm going to fall over, Lord. I'm going to fall. If you don't save me, I'm going to fall. Trust. I'm forcing him. Like Wigglesworth said, if the Holy Ghost doesn't turn up, I'm going to force him to. Yeah. Next question. Any questions on that? Yes. Nick's got a question. So I use my body. And you will definitely see this demonstrated with Meg next week.
0: I have three questions. Oh, my. Mariana asks, how do you move in prophecy when manifesting
3: strongly? Oh. Um, so I just, um, I just have to go for it. Yeah. Um, I just have to go for it. So I'm like this and and fall over backwards. And uh, I actually knocked, didn't I knock Pastor Catherine's tea over last week or something like that? It was on a, uh, you know, a few years back, I used to get thrown into the musical instruments and all sorts of things. So um, I have learnt, that's actually a good um, story, in fact. So I, I, I get heavily impacted by the presence of God and I love it. I love it because it cements me. I know I'm in the right place. I used to get thrown off the stage and thrown around the things and all sorts of things. And any, Anybody that's seen me minister, sometimes I get thrown down the line. And then I had um, a health crisis and my leg muscles started disintegrating. And I, had, and I was still ministering. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't be thrown around. I had to say to the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry, you are going to have to go easy on me. I can't do that anymore. I can't run as fast. I can't move like that. I can't keep my balance because my leg muscles, as you know, have gone. And so he did. Now I had to adjust. I had to adjust to that expression of glory differently. And then we've built back up again, and my legs are fine. So, um, yes, when you're manifesting, you just have to go for it. Stacey Campbell, if anyone knows Stacey Campbell, she does this as she's prophesying. But she prophesied to the current pope when he was an archbishop and told him he was going to be a pope. That's how accurate she was. As soon as he became pope, you know, he rang her and said, you better come to the Vatican because you were right. Yeah, so don't be put off by the shaking. It has no bearing, has no bearing at all on any form of ministry. Nick. Susan
0: asks, I know uh, you said when the Holy Spirit shows you something, you understand the symbolism. Mm -hmm. Does the Holy Spirit show you symbolism or words or events that only the other person understands and has meaning to them that you don't know? Great question.
3: Yes. Great question. And as it happens, great story to follow. Um, Early on I was um, prophesying and I was prophesying over this woman. I said to her, I see you in a caravan and there's a large glass of water on the table and I see you get up and you tip the water into the sink and you open the door and you walk out into the sunlight. And she dropped to the floor, bawling her eyes out. And she came up to me later on and said, it wasn't water. It was gin. I didn't know it was gin. She knew it was gin. Tipped the gin down, and she had just started to um, try and go dry, or, you know, give up drinking. And to know that the Lord was with her when she did that, because that actually happened. She got up, she lives in a caravan. I didn't know that. She tipped it, and she. And she left the caravan. So to know that the Lord saw all of that. But he did not expose her secret. He did not say to me, she's tipped some gin. I actually, having been a sailor, I'd know what gin looks like. Um, I'd know what it smells like. He could have given me a smell. I could have said, you know, it's gin. Why would he expose her? That's not love. Love is not exposure. It's not shame. It's not humiliation. That's not love. She was the only one. No one else had a clue. And she came and talked to me afterwards just to clarify, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the symbolism is for them, not for us, but more often than not when we're translating. Yeah. Next question, Nick.
0: Sean refers to the Kenneth Hagen study materials and it talks about Uh, An inner still small voice and the inner, inward witness. Do you know what the difference is?
3: I haven't read much of Kenneth Hagen. Um, I know that... I know that the Holy Ghost operates differently with me when I'm talking with him in my day-to-day life and that comes through more like a small inner voice. But when I'm prophesying, he's on a megaphone. Uh, So... what was the second one? The small inner voice, and what was the second one, Nick? The inward witness. The inward witness. Now, that sounds to me more like a stirring here that says, James, you're going too fast. Slow down. That sounds like a, 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 a witness to me. It's witnessing something that I'm doing that is not keeping in keeping with the character of a son of God. Sometimes I have to be reminded that is not how the son of God Or a son of God operates. That would be the inner witness to me. I hope that clarifies it. All good? Any other questions? Yes. We've got another one there too.
2: I hope this is relevant, but I find sometimes when I'm speaking a word over someone or praying over them the things that I'm saying become quite disjointed. Yep. Um, yeah, would you be able to speak some wisdom into that?
3: Yeah, sometimes they are disjointed because God's saying more than one thing. Uh, sometimes that is the case. Um, it really is about... Like, for example, I might, I might um, get an image of a pot plant and I might speak to that and then I might get some something completely different, and I have to speak to that. I just go with what the Holy Ghost gives me. I don't try and make them join up. There's no point in doing that. That person might know how to join them up, but I don't, and clearly I don't need to. Otherwise, there might be some action. So, for example, uh, there's been times where I've, if I take this example, uh, see a pot plant and it's in a corner, And I might see a door, and the pot plants moved from the corner to the open door. Ah, now I've got two distinct objects that are interacting. Now I can interpret them as one thing. But before they interacted, I could only really interpret them as two separate things. Do you understand? I can't join the dots if the dots aren't there. I see that, you know, in a a way... uh, You've been, um, you, you've found that you have to be um, away at, at the back, you know, kind of, life hasn't been necessarily very easy for you and you've, you've needed something behind you to protect you. But the Lord is saying, would you trust me and walk towards the open door? Would you trust me? I've, I'm opening doors for you and I've got your back. And, and you can trust me. You can take the step. I'll be with you all the way. So do you see? The symbols weren't related, but when they interacted, they became related. Does that answer your question? Okay, thanks.
1: Uh, my question was relating to when you're talking about practicing prophecy and see the guy on the bus that's looking a bit down. Like, would you just, even though you might not give it to him, but... Go away and pray it for
3: him absolutely I would if i really if I was emotionally invested if if something happened to me while I was practicing, then I definitely would i wouldn 't necessarily go away i'd just practice i 'd just pray right there and then um, but yeah, remember that anywhere you are, just look for someone, Lord, if you were right in front of them and they were opening open to hearing from you, what would you say um, what where are they going with their life, Lord? What, what, what are your aspirations for them, Lord? Where would you like to see them going? Yep. Yeah? Okay. You can ask those kinds of questions. You don't. You don't need to stand there and just go, okay, what next? You, you, you can. You can. Um, there's another question in the back there. You can. You can get in there. It's a conversation. It's not a slideshow presentation. Okay, you're not looking at a PowerPoint presentation and trying to understand what's being shown. There's a conversation going on here. If you don't understand it, say, Lord, I don't understand that. Can you show it to me another way? I don't really get that. What's going on? Oh, oh yeah, oh, I see. Oh, right, okay, yeah, right, I get it now. And look, don't be afraid to do that. There are times in when I prophesy and I might, I might not necessarily stumble, but I'll, I'll halt it. I'll stop and I'll go, oh. And then a piece of the puzzle will come in and I'll go, actually, you know what? Now I realize what the Lord's showing me. So I'm I'm showing the person what's going on for me because we're in this thing together. I'm not just blurting something out and moving on to the next person like I'm serving somebody at Coles.
0: So if you 're praying for someone and the Lord shows you something like um, let's say they're struggling with something is it i've heard people say you know prophesy the opposite or or do you do you address it or what is it just a matter of listening to wisdom and going god what do you what, why are you showing me this and how do i what do I do with this god this is awkward
3: okay yeah that's a good point so you you um you won't often get this happen but you Occasionally see things and the Lord just says, I'm showing you that for clarification, not for not for announcement. And that happens. In the instance, for example, when you're praying for someone and you, you do occasionally touch something, and you go, Okay, this person's an abuse victim. You are not going to say, I see that you're an abuse victim. You are going to shelve that. You're going to park it. You're going to carry on with your prophecy. You're going to, you're going to if it comes back to you, you say, what, are, what am I going to do? But it will not often come back. It's just for your awareness to be sensitive with your wording and your touch. So if you're a male and you're prophesying and the Lord shows you something that has inappropriate, written on it. You take a step back. You give the person space. And the Lord's showing you that so that you'll be sensitive to them. Does that make sense to you all? You certainly don't rush in there trying to look for a solution, but some people do. But that's not what prophecy is about. What I would do in that instance is, again, if that stuck in my heart... I would be praying for that person for the week. I would probably, the Lord would probably give me an opportunity. i walk out towards the car, person come up and say, thank you very much for that prophecy that really helped me. I will say, hey, do you mind if I just put your name on my little whiteboard at home and just pray for you through the week? Is that okay? Yeah, of course it is. Bang, that's what I do with that information. That's all I do. I don't get into the nitty gritty. I don't give the enemy any time at all. I don't, I don't watch commercial TV, and I do not listen to the enemy. I watch Netflix. I'm not holy. I'm just saying that I don't watch commercial TV. It annoys me. I was brought up with that rubbish. I can't be bothered with it anymore. And I'm not bothered with the enemy either. I'm not interested in his nonsense. So, the Lord would only show that to me if he needed me to be aware from a sensitivity point of view. Now, I am not one who likes to get in people's faces. I, I tend, when I prophesy, to be very gentle with people. It's a safety for them, and it's a safety for me. I, I apply an appropriate level of distance, and then if that's not enough distance, the Lord will push me backwards. So this is another reason why you shouldn't be rigid. You should keep your body able to be moved by the Holy Ghost. Any other questions? Is that it for our questions? Oh, we've got a couple more. Hello, Bonnie. Hey. Um, what, what happens if you, like,
1: shut the gift down?
3: Okay, so you have a bad experience and you decide to shut it down? Yeah, so, like, you shy away and just kind of stop. For a yeah, it's a good question. The gifts are without repentance. But you do have the, you you decide whether you're going to prophesy over people. But if the Holy Ghost really wants to get you back into it, then he will deal with the reason that you shut yourself down first and then get you back into it again. A good example is our good friend Clark Taylor. Everybody's heard of Clark Taylor. And someone, uh, most of you, or some of you will be aware that he had a very big thriving church and he had an affair. And he gave up everything. And he was selling some products at flea markets and Sleeman Center or something like this. But people keep coming up and asking him for prophetic words. But as far as he was concerned, he'd fallen. He didn't deserve to represent God. He didn't deserve to operate in the gifts. So he started selling pot plants or whatever, at the Sleeman Center flea market. But the gift didn't leave him. Because the gift is a person, and the person is the Holy Ghost. So you can try and shut him down, and he will—he will. He will um, what is the word I'm looking for, Lord? <laughs> he will put up with that for a little while, <laughs> and then he'll say, "Hey, okay, now let's deal with some of that. Let's deal with why you did that." Because we were working really well together. And what happened there? And and is it your fault what happened? Or are you just taking on the blame yourself? And are you... Because are you, um, I'd really like to go back to work with you. Does that answer your question? Cool. There was one more question.
2: Yeah. Um, would we be going through all the um, sort of like... Um, um, prophesying over countries and lands and all that kind of epic stuff you know, like, like would that, is that going to be in this kind of uh, in this thing? course?
3: yeah um, you know that's the very question that the Holy Ghost told me that I was going to hear tonight oh. which was really good so awesome. you were hearing from God
2: yes, i got so a lot to was, say
3: <laughs> so um, and, and the simple answer is everything that's applicable to a person is applicable to a nation this is how I do it with nations the Lord will give me a nation on my heart and I will say well Lord if you could rig up a whole load of big speakers all over that nation maybe put a few in parliament maybe Mm -hmm. put a few in the streets maybe put a few in the churches what would you say to those groups of people so not long ago I gave a prophetic word I wrote a prophetic word out for Cuba Um, and I have that I know I'm going to get an opportunity to go there and the Lord said when you go there you give the word yeah um so that's cool I don't need to get it to someone I do know someone that goes to Cuba I could give it to them but that's not the way the Lord wants to do it he Mm. wants to do it through me so that's cool yeah um and it's great word too it's about revival it's amazing and you anyone that knows anything about Cuba knows it's ripe for revival my goodness anyway so but a nation a person a business does not matter Mm. you speak to the dry bones
2: And would you, like, um, just in your own room or your own place? Because sometimes when you go in, you don't know who to tell, you know? Oh, in terms
3: of nations?
2: Oh, I've seen all sorts of things. But um, and just like who do you go and tell? But, like, through the um, uh, decades, um, the prophetic has been really, really small. So you couldn't really talk a lot. Mm. If you did tell people, they sort of, like, would uh, shy away. You know, so, um, but you're seeing a lot of it coming through now. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, you know, know, um, if I get a prophetic word that I don't know what to do with, (sighs) Um, I'm really fortunate in that I remember all my prophetic words that I give over people, Mm. but I never remember the ones that I'm given from people to me. So I always record them and I write them down absolutely verbatim in my journal. If the person prophesying stutters, I put in stutter. If they say a word and then they change the word to something else, I put that in too.
1: Mm.
3: Why? Because I've learned over the years that when I go back, it makes as much sense with the word they thought was wrong as the word they thought was right. I'll give you another example. Someone prophesied over me one time. I I see a prodigal son returning, a prodigal son returning. So I wrote it down. I see a prodigal son returning. Prodigal son returning. How many prodigal sons is that? Well, in my book, it's two, and I have two. It's not one because he said the same thing twice. It's two. I will work with that. We war with our prophetic words. So both of them have been prophesied back. Yeah, not one. This is why it's very important to write it down exactly as it comes out of the person's mouth, Mm. including stutters. I had a prophetic word years ago, and I thought it was a wonderful word. And then I got diagnosed with cancer, and I reread the word, and the word cancer was all over it. But I did not see it at the time. Mm. I didn't hear it at the time. But when, and, and I even when I wrote it in my journal, I didn't see it or hear it. Mm. And then when I got cancer, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, there's another question there. My topic's about intimacy. Intimacy. We don't say, "That Jesus. What's your take on... Many people saying of the Holy Spirit instead of. Oh, so for me and him, he's not worried. He hasn't said to me, "Don't call me that." Do not refer to me as the. I don't. I mean, when I'm talking about him, I, I, you know, I I mention my wife. I say uh, my wife. You know, I don't always say Rochelle, although that is her name. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I don't know that it's a big issue. To be to be honest with you, um, you can get caught up in semantics. And people get all sorts of mixed up stuff about, you know, oh, who should I be talking to? Am I talking to the Father? Am I talking to the fa- Son? Am I talking to the Holy Ghost? Well, just say God if you're not sure. It's three in one. My question was more about it, the intimacy. Oh, intimacy. And, and, and like by saying the Holy Spirit, it's like he's not in the room. Yeah, absolutely. I get what you're and saying in that in that respect. Okay, so in this environment, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. But when I am in my car or in my prayer room or whatever and I'm not saying um, could I speak to the holy spirit please I usually say hey what are you doing <laughs> He always says, what are you doing <laughs> sometimes I say lord I say lord I've you know and I'll go ba 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 da 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 and then I'll just hear this <clears throat> And that is my level of intimacy, but I can't um, I can't um, describe that every time I mention the Holy Ghost. I'm not always, you know, in in this teaching mode. I think if I was talking in in a setting like this, I would refer to Him as the Holy Ghost, um, in a in a fairly in a fairly straightforward way, you know, so that everyone was on board and didn't think I was a complete kook. But you don't say that Jesus. No, I don't say the Je- we don't say the Jesus. We we yeah. but we do say Christ the anointed one. And and that's sort of in the third person. Yeah. In context, but I'm I see the word the it does distance. It does Definitely dist- creates a distance. Yeah. Yeah. I I um yeah, I'd be really annoyed if um, the Holy Ghost referred to me as the prophet James Graham every time he spoke to me. I would find that quite a, uh, an affront. Uh, So I guess it just depends on the circumstance. I think it is fair to say that the terminology that people use, I am watching the clock, Sarah, the terminology people use does sometimes reflect the level of intimacy that they have with God. And that is, you know, as you talk to people, you do sense that. Remember the first time I heard someone say, "Ah, Papa. I'll say, What? (laughs) What are you talking about? but they had a level of intimacy with the Father God that they felt comfortable saying Papa. I was like, well, Father God, I'm going to call you Father God. I hope that's all right. But then now I call him Da. It's taken me years to get there, but that's what I call him. It's taken years. So, you know, again, grace applied to your fellow Christian. Someone isn't where you are and you are not where someone else is. All right, we have just a few minutes, and so I want to do this because I want to show you how easy it is to prophesy over people and not give the prophetic word. It takes the pressure off you, but it builds the communication system. Yeah? You can do this anytime you like. This is also a good thing to do, you know, for distant relatives and people like that, you know, just like, oh, Lord, if you could talk to Annie Mae, what would you say? You'd say Peter Pan is Spider-Man, right? Okay, there you go. That's a good one to take home. For any Spider-Man fans will know who auntie May is. Mhm. Right, you are going to get yourself comfortable and close your eyes. You're going to imagine the person that I mentioned to, to, um, to you before, someone that you know from work, vaguely know. You don't know much about their circumstance. You don't know much about their life. But if you saw them in the street, you'd know that they're someone you know, either from work or church or, or, or um, school or wherever. And it's a very simple thing. I'm just going to ask you to say, Lord, show me one thing you'd like to say to that person. All right, put up your hand if you've got one thing. Great. Put your hand down, put your hand up if you've got nothing at all. That's good too. It doesn't matter if you've got nothing. You are knocking on the door. Yep. Keep knocking on the door. Don't worry about it. Okay, now... Ask for a second thing. What else would you say, Lord? If they were right in front of you, Lord, and they were listening to you, what 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 would you show them? Actually, how do you see them, Lord? What do you think about them? Do they have real courage? Have they managed to survive adversity? Have they have they had to go through a lot of storms in their lives? All right, when you've got something, just put your hand up. Good, good, great. All right, now, here's my next question. What would you say to give this person hope, Lord? How would you give them hope? What would you say to them to give them hope? And when you've got something, just put your hand up. Lovely, you got the idea. How easy was that? Now, some of you got it. Some of you got bits of it. Some of you didn't get anything. That's okay, too. You got a feeling. Yeah, that's still, you know. Did you ask the Lord, what's that feeling mean? That's okay. That's the next step. Um, You got a feeling, but you don't know what it means. So, like oh, okay, what does that mean? Well, you might actually find, you know, you get home, put on a cup of tea. Oh, that's what that feeling is. I remember now. I know now. I recognize what you're saying. These things don't always come straight away. This is a language we're building up here, an intimate language between you and God. The beauty is that you were made for that language. All right, so who got three things? Like an image, oh look, this is awesome, an image or something like that and something that they'd been through and something that would give them hope. So you've done it, that's it, that's prophecy. Hey, you know what? I was talking to the Lord about you yesterday. That's a great way of opening up, by the way. That's a great way of opening a person up, you know? I was talking to the Lord about you yesterday and you know what he said? He... He showed me this beautiful flower. Instantly, you're starting to smile, right? Yeah. Okay. And, 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 I, and this flower was blooming. And, and, and the Lord said, it hasn't always been easy for you to shine. You've been in the shadow of others. Yeah? Because he showed me that per se. But this is the thing. Here's the hope. Here's the hope. He loves you so much. His, his love is like liquid sunshine over you. And when he looks at you, his heart leaps with joy. And you are growing strong in the Lord. You looked initially like a little daisy, but now you're looking like a sunflower. And everywhere the sun is, that's the way you're facing. Yeah? Do you feel full of hope now? Yeah. Do you see how it works? Not difficult. Show me something. What have they been through? That's not something we touch on very deeply, remember? It's just to give you reference. It's just to give you authenticity. She knows that I know that things haven't been easy for her, but I don't dwell on that. I don't say, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this. Where's the hope in that? There's nothing there. That was the past, forget it. But the real hope is how the Lord feels about her, how much in love he is with her. And that's what she needed to hear. And that gave her hope. Yeah. And made you smile. Yeah. So, okay. We have one minute, which is uh, a chance to do one more. Oh, you have a question? Oh, I'll do a question then. So, so the question is, does the voice of the Father, the Holy Ghost, and Jesus sound different? To me, not really, but it's more like the tone. It's more like the, the gratis, the weight behind it. Um, when the Father speaks to me, um, I feel reassured when he speaks to me. I feel safe. I feel strengthened when he speaks to me. When the Holy Ghost speaks to me, I feel full of joy. (laughs) When Jesus speaks to me, I don't know. I kind of, I've never made the distinction. But it's all my voice. God speaks to you in your voice. There are times when you have, where people have an experience where God is external, Rocks up, speaks loud. But that's not the run-of-the-mill work at this point in time. Who knows where the revival will take us?
1: Uh, would you say
2: that it's important to make the distinction?
3: Oh, between them? Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's any... Point making the distinction because the distinction you make between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost may not be the distinction that the person that you're prophesying over makes. So you might just confuse them. We come to the Father through the Son, but everything good that happens through you in the name of Christ comes through the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus and the Father are up there. And the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Every good thing that's ever happened since the crucifixion has been the work of the Holy Ghost. Isn't he incredible? Every single thing. Yeah. This will have to be the last question.
2: You know how you said that God's um, voice comes to you in your voice? How do you differentiate between whether you know that that is his voice or is it
3: your thoughts? So your question is, is it me or is it God? All right, I'm so glad someone asked that question. Okay, is it me or is it God? About the 20th time I've done this. This is you. Yeah, this is you. Fresh, clear water. Then you become a believer. And you are filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirito Santo, the Spirit of the Living God. Is this still you? Is it God? There's your answer. If I pour this out, if I pour this out, is it you? Is it God? There. So the answer, is it you or is it God? The answer is yes. Okay? There's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Remember this, people. Remember this blue bottle. This will help you. Remember the blue bottle. I learned this from a guy called Murray Duker. He ministered in a church in Burpengary, and he was... Uh, an incredibly gifted prophet, and he showed us this, and this has stayed in my mind. This helped me so much. I got over the question, is it me? Is it God? The answer is yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks very much, everybody. That's our time.
1: Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, Next week we have the amazing Meg Williamson with us, taking us through a session entitled Hearing God's Voice. Um, That might actually sound a little simple and basic for some people, but Meg carries such a rich history in her walk with the Lord and um, yeah, she carries a passion for Jesus and that brings through breakthrough. So please join us and also... If you're with a group or um, you still have questions, please feel free to post them in the chat even after we've signed off because we will be monitoring those and if we obviously have time, we'll want to raise that with the team but also we will let the, um, Sarah know those questions and someone will be in touch to answer as best as possible for you guys. So, awesome.
0: I think the cool thing about Meg next week is that you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> So be prepared for anything. Um, yeah, she's a firecracker as well. It, she um, she has a love of the Lord, and um, I don't know. I just get around her, and I just feel stretched, and always receive more of the Lord. Um, so yeah, next week's going to be a good one as well. Um, Thanks everyone for joining us tonight as well, Deborah and Leonie and Lisa and Sean and Susan and me mate Patrick from uh, the Sunday services, it's always a pleasure to be online with you all and um, yeah, just we just want you to know that you're significant and that we see you, that you're seen by the Lord as well and that you're loved by a Father who's absolutely smitten by you, so um, I want you to know you're an important part of our community and um we just bless you as you go. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the week ahead and thank you, Lord, for opportunities to practice sharing your love for each other and for the people around us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we will grow in our love for you and for the people around us more and more. We love you, Lord, and uh, we thank you for who you are and that we can rely on you, Lord. And we can call on you any day, any time of the day or night. In Jesus' name. Bless you, guys. We'll see you next week, eh? Hey?